0: Welcome to episode 355 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. This week, we've got a fun one because Anthony Appello, the lead vocalist of Six Gun Sal, is here joining me. We're going to talk about everything Six Gun Sal's got going on. Lots of great music coming from these guys. And cool interview here with Anthony coming up. Dropping this one kind of late in the week here, Friday morning. I was out of town tour earlier this week, but wanted to make sure I got one out this week. Next week, I'm heading out to Rocklahoma, and I will have, fairly quickly after this one, I guess, by Monday or Tuesday, I will have a Rocklahoma preview kind of episode coming up. It's a dual kind of thing. I've got two interviews on that one. It's going to feature Sam Morris, the vocalist the band Midnight Devils, who are playing on the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma this year. They've played out at Rocklahoma before. Fantastic rock band. And that episode will also feature an interview with Doug Burgess, who is the owner of DEB Concerts. And they put on the Roadhouse stage out there at Rocklahoma every year. So those things kind of tie together, obviously. Midnight Devils. Playing Roadhouse and Doug Burgess booked the Roadhouse, so we're gonna bring on Doug, like we have the last. I think this will be the fourth year in a row that he's been on. Before Rocklahoma, maybe third, but regardless. Well, I'm getting you know lost because last year was the first Rocklahoma since 2019, so it was probably the third. This is probably the third time, but regardless. Doug's always fun to have on and talk to, so we'll have that one coming up here next week, talking about all that great stuff. But before I jump into this, I need to let you know who our sponsors are, and we can kick that off with DEB Concerts, who has been a long running sponsor of this podcast. They just had their big show out at the BOK Center last weekend. Poison came to Tulsa with LA Guns and Tom Kiefer of Cinderella. Unfortunately, I was out of town, or I would have absolutely been there. That show was sold out. And from everything I've heard from friends that went, it went off greatly. DEB Concerts, amidst all bringing great shows here to the Tulsa area, like I just said, books the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma. And this year, they've got a great lineup. The Thursday Night Pre Party is entirely on the Roadhouse stage. And that features Count 77 with Danny Coker in that band. It also features One Night Stand, a newer band out of the Tulsa area who's kicking ass. And it also features Enough's Enough and Van Halen. Van Halen, a great Van Halen tribute. And Enough's Enough is always a great live band. So got an excellent Thursday night pre-party. And in the other three days, one of the nights will be headlined by Slaughter. One of the nights will be headlined by Quiet Riot. One of the nights will be headlined by the band Lit. And We've also got, you know, a few other band, you know, several other bands out there each day said, you can see the entire schedule at rocklahoma.com with daily lineups, time slots, all that great stuff. So be sure to check that out. We've also got Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, a tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. Most importantly, they're mother approved. Give Jake a call to set up a time to talk about what work you want to have done. He can drive by, he can talk on the phone. I'm sure he's fine either way. He accepts walk-ins. Hit up the socials. Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on both Facebook and Instagram. He's got tons of photos, 25 plus years of experience, and he's great at all different styles. I've had work done by Jake. I'm very happy with it. I know many other people that have as well. So hit up Sunset Tattoo Tulsa and tell them you heard about him here. We've also got Medfarm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24-683 24-683 East Highway 51, they're right off the highway. If you call, text, or email your order ahead, you can pull in right through their drive through pick it up, and be on your way. A lot of dispensaries, a majority of dispensaries, don't have a drive through from what I've seen. They're also open really late. Their entire selection, you can view it at Leafly.com. They've got a great selection. You can also obviously just stop by and go in. They're always running great specials, so you follow them on our socials, Medfarm, that's P-H-A-R-M on Facebook. On Instagram, it's MedfarmOK. Their website is MedfarmOK.com. One of the specials that's always running is if you mention us, if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. But on top of all this, they're cannabis with a cause. 30% of their proceeds go to build no-kill animal shelters. That's an amazing thing. That's a great reason to support this business. Not many businesses donate nearly a third of their profits 100% of the time to go to a great cause like this. So hit up Medfarm, tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground. All right. You know, speaking of Six Gun Sal, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in a minute, but they they are a, a southern rock band. You know, we talk about that coming up. They're kind of a harder edged southern rock band, but they're still decidedly a southern rock band. And... I recently, just a couple of weeks ago, when I was on a flight, watched the Leonard Skinner documentary, If I Leave Here Tomorrow. This came out in 2018 and I just, I was skimming through Netflix, through my list on Netflix, a couple of weeks ago and saw it on there and realized I'd never watched this thing. I don't know why. I'm a huge fan of documentaries, a massive fan of music documentaries. I watch music documentaries on musicians I don't give a shit about. That's how much I like music documentaries. But also, if it's a musician or an artist that I really love, of course I'm going to watch that the first chance I get. Somehow this one slipped through the cracks on me. Always love Leonard Skynyrd. So I just brought that up to mention that if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. You know, it's a great hour and a half, I think, roughly, documentary. About Leonard Skinner, you know, it, it focuses on. It it does a good job, you know. It doesn't get too far out into like anything, you know, like the behind the musics did. We're always trying to stir up drama and bullshit, you know. Maybe there wasn't, but I mean, there's a couple points where you hear things about members that other members didn't care for, but it's nothing too dramatic. It's just a great documentary that focuses on how the band started, how they formed. The changes that happened before the first album came out, the changes that happened then, you know, and, of course, leading up to, you know, all their success, all the big hits coming out. And then, of course, the tragic plane crash that took, you know, three of the band members lives and, of course, three other people's lives and heard a lot of other people, including other members and, the, you know, the ones that are still with us spoke about that. And actually, I know a couple of them that spoke on that are now unfortunately passed away as well. We're getting low on, I, I believe, Gary Rossington's the only original member and even the classic lineup. And he's, if you're not aware of that, you know, he has been missing Leonard Skinner shows since last year sometime. And our good friend of the podcast, I love being able to say that, Damon Johnson, has been filling in for Gary Rossington. And if you're a fan of Skinnerd, you should check out. I think the last couple times Damon Johnson's been on here, we spoke about it. But the last time he was on here, a few months ago, earlier this year, he came on right after the announcement that Brother Kane had reformed to talk about that. And of course, we talked, a, you know, a decent about bit about Leonard Skinner because he had been doing it for a while at that point, And they announced the shows they're doing this year and then he was still being a part of it, so unfortunately that means Gary Rossington's still dealing with health issues that are keeping him from the live stage, but very happy to see someone like Damon Johnson get that spot, you know, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that have always kind of floated under the radar for some weird reason, you know, his solo music is excellent, of course, Brother Kane was excellent, and now he's been a part of bands with many legends, you know, he was Alice Cooper's guitarist, one of his guitarists for a while. He was, of course, in Black Star Writers with Scott Gorm, and then he was, you know, a part of Thin Lizzy, and as far as I know, he still is. They just haven't really done anything since pre-pandemic. And then now, of course, he's a touring part of Leonard Skynyrd. So, Damon Johnson, check him out if you're a Skynyrd fan. Do yourself some, do your ears some justice, you know. I will say, if you're into heavy music, Soilworks' newest album came out last week. And it is a banger, as Jamie Jost would say, or a barn burner. As other people would say, or as Jason used to say, a ball squasher. This thing, it rips. And also last week, Thunder Mother released their new album, Black and Gold. And that thing is freaking fantastic. This is a band that should just be massive. You know, they... They've got the hooks. They're just like perfect hard rock and roll. It's just great for the radio. You know, she's got a voice that, you know, blends, you know, along the lines of some of these more modern hard rock bands with female vocalists like Hellstorm, but there's their music and style lends more towards, you know, the ACDC side of rock, but also a little more melodic and, you know, just a fantastic band out of Sweden. And, they're on tour with Scorpions, right now. So hopefully that helps get them a little more exposure in this part of the world. That tour is also supposed to feature White Snake. I mean, that's a fantastic triple bill. But White Snake, unfortunately, canceled all their shows the rest of the year, which is, I would think, a bad sign. Because I know David Coverdale was dealing with some health stuff, and I'm assuming that that's what that means. But Thunder Mother, so work. Couple new albums that you should check out if you have not. There's a lot more stuff, but let's just jump into the subject at hand, which is Six Gun Sal. They have been around a bit and they had a, an album come out late last year. I mean, well, I guess we're coming up on a year now. We're almost to September. And I believe the album came out in November. We recorded this episode. I talked to Anthony. He hit me up on Zoom and we had a chat here. And as you noticed right at the beginning of this, we talked about 4th of July for a second. Because that's how long ago it's been since this was recorded. You know, I had a backlog, like I've spoke about a couple of times, of a ton of interviews. I've been getting them out. I even last week's episode, I even doubled up and put two interviews on that episode. And I've still got, I think, besides the, the couple that are coming out next week, I've got at least two or three still left to go. And a couple of those have been sitting around a bit too, so... The point is, you know, it's been a month and a half, close to a month and a half since we recorded this, but we had a great talk talking about what Six Gun Cell has been up to, and he mentioned in the episode that they have a couple other singles that they recorded with Timothy Eaton, who is a, you know, very well-established producer. He, you know, produced the Almond Brothers, I believe, and a lot of other big-name acts, and he's been working with Six Gun Sal. He recorded their, their cover of Hair of the Dog that we talk about coming up. And as Anthony mentioned this, they've got a couple tracks that were coming out, and one of them, The Lonely Road, just came out about a week ago, I believe. And I checked this song out a few days ago, and it's fantastic. So look that one up. And if you're you know new to Six Gun Sal, look everything up. You know, just pull them up on wherever you listen to music. Check them out hit up their website, give these guys a follow on all our socials, and let's just jump into that. Here's Anthony Apello of Six Gun Sal. Good 4th of July weekend?
1: That yeah, was pretty cool. It was actually all right, man. I can't complain. You know, blowing stuff up and eating some barbecue.
0: Yeah, never complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of jumping right into it. Rebels and Rogues has been out since late last year. Are you happy with the support you've got from it, from fans and everything?
1: Oh, yeah, man. We've got a really positive reaction to it. You know, people are really digging the songs and um, um, feeling pretty good about it. Yeah.
0: What was it like working with uh, Timothy Eaton? Did you do that in the studio or was that a remote thing or?
1: No, everything was in studio, uh, one-on-one. I mean, you know, he, he'd gotten the vocal box with me and he's, you know, trying to tell me, oh, let's try and hit this or let's hit that No, try and sing it this way. He's great to work with, man. I mean, when he's, it's, you know, there's nothing cooler than working with a pro that actually knows what they're doing. And, um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a great experience working with him and, um, and, and we actually just got done doing two more projects with him. So, uh, that's, that's pretty good stuff too.
0: Oh, nice. So working with uh, someone like that, that's kind of a legend in the Southern rock realm. Like, did you learn anything in the process?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, he, um, he's very happy with my sound, the way I handle myself, the way I look at the music, the way I write the music, a lot of my songs. And, um, you know, he's just like, you got one of them old souls that, uh, that obviously grew up somewhere else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, but the, you know, he brings so many cool stories, so much background, um, you know, talking mm-hmm. about the Van Zant's and, and, you know, the Almond brothers and his experiences with them and the goods and the bads. And so it's, it's just, it really mm-hmm. helps me become better at my job when, you know, I hear the things that they did, what worked, what didn't work. And, i try to find something in the middle you know between the two and so yeah it's it's been pretty cool
0: you know one of the things i you know really dig about you guys is that you know you've got the the background vocalist the female vocals in the band as a fixture in the band like how do you feel your voice mixes well with their voices to kind of make it work all together
1: i love it man i it's it's something i wanted from the very beginning like um when we first started this journey I used to always say, man, I would love nothing more than to have a backup singer or a couple girls that have a powerful presence, a powerful voice, you know, to compliment what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, sure, shit, eventually I got it and I got the girls to show up. And, uh, you know, the two that came were just it was amazing. You know, Mia was the first one. And then um, uh, Mia took a hiatus to to go and handle a couple other things that so she had to get done. And one day we're rehearsing and this crazy chick just runs in our studio and starts dancing. <laughs> and she's a singer of another band. And uh I was like, I was like, yo, girl, why don't you join this band? Be backup singer. She goes, I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> you know? and that's and that's how we met her, you know, and it was just it was amazing. That was Gwendolyn. And um, so yeah, they they are two really, really important parts of this band. Um, and they they bring so much to the table. So I'm I'm glad I got both of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh a story yeah. like that, you know, a chance a meeting, you know, where it's kind of just destined to be, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's a true story, man. I mean, literally, she just ran into our dancing going crazy. And I was just <laughs> I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> Does anybody know her? <laughs> you know, and and then um yeah, that's how it, that's how it went down. So it's pretty awesome.
0: Very cool. Well, you guys also had the hair of the dog cover, and I really liked what you guys did where you kind of made it your own, but still kept it true to the original as well. Talk about the process of kind of making yeah, it that, into your guy's style.
1: That was cool, man. And, and once again, man, that's the genius of Timothy, man, you know? Um, you know, cause every band on the planet that's worth their weight in salt has done a remake of that song. And, um, you know, so when he said it, you know, although I liked the song when I, when I heard it when I was younger and all that stuff, and um, it was a great song. It's, it's still to this day being used in movies. And, you know, I was just wondering how are we going to do it different? You know, I mean, you know, we're, 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 we lean really hard on the Southern side of our music. And, you know, how are we going to make that work? And uh, he said, leave that up to me. He goes, but I got you. He goes, I was going to go with this idea with another band and he told us the name of the band and it was an A-list band. And I was like, wow. And he came to us, you know, he liked, he liked the rawness. He liked my voice. He liked, you know, the way that we handled ourselves as a band. Um, So we were, you know, we were blessed to have him look at us that way. And so, when he brought us the song and uh, he broke it down. And again, we, you know, in the vocal booth, he just, he, he's just a really a wizard at doing this shit, you know, like it, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing to me to see this guy work because he gets so much done in such a short amount of time with the musicians. And then he takes everything with him, like a, like a, like a busted up puzzle and comes back with this amazing portrait, you know? And, and uh, so yeah, it, it was cool though. It was cool. So yeah, he came to his hair of the dog and uh, we were just talking about it and, you know, obviously he is who he is. And and that name alone, the cloud he has behind that name, we trusted him and he, he sure as hell delivered a a hell of a finished product. I
0: think that that kind of says a lot too about, I mean, how well it, how easily it worked for you guys playing that song, because you guys definitely are Southern rock, but you seem to have a harder edge than a normal Southern rock band does. Was that intentional or is that just kind of the way it worked out when you guys started playing? No,
1: no. You know what it was is that in the beginning, we didn't know what the hell we were. And, but we loved you know we would always jam the Skinner and stuff like that. So we we always had a a passion for that music, but we really didn't know what we were. So you know, like our original album, it's kind of all over the place. You know, there's a couple songs in there that are harder than others, rocked out, a couple of them are twangy, you know, country one or two. And um, when we finally decided to go this route is 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 when we knew we wanted to go there, but you know. I always go back to a reporter who who told us one day. He's like, you know, you guys are like the love child of Guns and Roses and Leonard Skinner, and, and 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 I thought, damn, that's so accurate, you know, and uh, and yeah, so that's where it's at, you know. We want to keep the values and the traditions of old school Southern rock, you know, with a little bit of a modern twist, the way we do it, uh, but without without losing again what makes Southern rock special you know, still telling the right stories, still playing the music the way it should be played. But a couple saw a little harder edge every now and then, you know, and I think it works out well and we get a lot of positive feedback. I mean, and we get a ton of positive feedback from Southern states. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I I think it's cool.
0: Does that come from like you or any other people in the band, like, growing up, like being a fan of both sides of the music, you know, like a Southern rock band, like Skinner, and then something like, like you said, Guns N' Roses.
1: Yeah. You know, well, like, like me growing up, man, I was all over the place with music. I, I just, uh, I, I listened to every, I mean, I went through every phase, man. I was just one of those lost fucking kids. I'm sorry about the, the, the I don't know if I can curse or not. Oh yeah. No problem. I, okay. I apologize in advance if I could, <laughs> I was just, one, I was one of those lost kids, man. Like, you know, went through the rap stage, went through the rock and roll stage, you know, went, went, went through the, the Southern rock kind of stage, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the flock of seagulls crap on the radio and all that stuff. And, you know, so, I mean, I went through it all, man. I, I thought I was every different thing. And then of course, new TV shows came out. And then the next thing you know, I was Miami vice and I was this. <laughs> so I was all over the, I, I was all over the damn place, but I always loved guns and roses. I always loved I, I I always loved, the sound of the music, but I had no ambitions. I had no dreams of being a rock star. I had no dreams of being in a band. My life was completely different uh, up until I joined this band, you know, eight years ago. Or I should say that Dustin and I founded this band eight years ago. And um, so um, as far as far as that that leading me into something, no, honestly, I I had no clue, man. I mean, for all I know, I could have been wearing, you know, Furry leg warmer, you know, freaking boots like David Lee Roth singing a cover band or something. And if I was ever going to do this, so (laughs) it was a, this was a complete, like the best train wreck accident that have ever could have happened to me was the forming of this band. Yeah. Especially the way it went down.
0: So you're saying like growing up, you never had any aspiration of being a vocalist in the band?
1: No, bro. I mean, I was the shower, I was the shower singer and the car singer. That was about it, man. And because I never, you know, Nobody ever thinks they have a talent until they know someone else tells me, hey, actually, you're pretty good at this. You might want to do it. You know, so I never thought that. I mean, I'd be in the cars with my kids and they'd be like, dad, you should go on that TV show and sing in front of those people and try to win. I go, what are you guys talking about, man? I go, but dad, you sounded just like the person on the radio. And I was like, like, whatever. So I I just never thought about it, man. And and then again, when it happened, the way it happened, it was was hilarious, but it just – this this band happened by accident, at least with me, you know, being a part of it was, is, it was a, it was a, it was a great accident. So.
0: Well, what, I mean, can I ask what was it that kind of led you into oh, that or?
1: Yeah, bro. I mean, it's, yeah, no problem at all. I mean, see, I I played the drums, like I was a drummer and um, Dustin played, you know, rhythm guitar and we used to work some jobs together and we'd sneak out and we'd go to this horse stable place where We had a drum set and a guitar in there, and we'd go play for hours, right? The, I mean, two, well, two hours, and then if we got a call, we'd take off and go handle our business and then come back and finish playing. But that's all it was. And then we went our separate ways for like 10 years. And um, mm-hmm. one day I get a phone call out of the blue. He's like, Hey, bro, I'm doing some movie crap. He goes, You, you know, are you still fighting and making, you know, t shirts and doing all that stuff? And I go, Yeah, man. I go, yeah, I, I, I do both. He goes, You want to come over and help out? He goes, I got some fight scenes that these people they just, they're tragedies. And he goes, you know, maybe show them how to throw a couple of proper punches or this. I said, sure. So I went over there, we hooked up, um, worked on that for a little while, a few months went by. And then he called me and says, Hey dude, I'm going to be jamming at my buddy's house. Um, you want to come over and play the drums? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. Where are you going to be? So I go over there and we do this. And we literally ended up doing this every day, literally every day, six days a week for two weeks. That's how much fun we were having. And, uh, so the normal drummer came back, and at that, that's when I had already realized that he had been messing around with these guys for like a few months. So they had their own little thing, but they were just jamming. They weren't doing music. They weren't doing anything. So um, I humbly gave up the drums because the guy that was there—it wasn't our current drummer now—but it was just this other kid, and, and he was freaking phenomenal on the drums. So yeah, I kind of did the you know the bow thing and, and handed back his drumsticks to him, you know. And when I was leaving, this literally happened just like this. Dustin says, "Hey, bro. Hey, man. Before you leave, do me a favor." He goes, I wrote down these words on this song I've been messing with at home. And he goes, I'm going to play like the rhythm. And you, you think you could just talk the words through to see if it, it makes any sense. So I looked at him and I said, fuck you, bitch. I go, I can sing, man. Right. And, and he starts <laughs> laughing. So I started laughing and I grabbed this like Tycho Barbie mic or whatever the hell it was. Right. This little crappy fucking PA system they had there and uh, like a karaoke machine. And I. Grab the words. I start playing and I sang the words the, the way I thought it should be, you know, the way it, it made sense to me and about 20 seconds into it, everybody stops. Everybody looks around the room. I'm looking around the room at everybody, everybody starts laughing. And that's when I became the singer of the band and <laughs> it happened just like that, dude. I mean, it was just, it was just by accident. Like it wasn't, and it just is amazing when I look back to those early times and I watch the videos of the early days and to see where we're at now, it's an, it's an incredible journey, you know? So I'm, I'm happy every day that I did it.
0: So did, did he know that you could sing? Like when you were playing drums with him the whole time, you never let that on? Okay.
1: (laughs) Never, 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 dude. Like not even, not even a moment like that I ever even hum a song. It was just, always drums and him playing guitar or we'd be talking about everything from women to work to whatever, but yeah, we never talked about singing. We never talked about making a band. So it was, it was really, uh, it was really a a really cool thing in the way it went down.
0: Yeah. Well, now that you guys are a band with a couple albums, like what's your guys writing process like as a band, is it together or is it individually and then brought together? How do you guys do that?
1: Oh yeah. We, uh, we do everything together. Um, Our songs are kind of crazy. Like I I write all the lyrics um, for the songs and, and Dusty, you know, helps structure all the music. And uh, I mean, every, every musician in the band obviously creates their parts, but you know, Dustin will help guide everybody's positions to what we're trying to achieve overall in the song. Um, But usually our songs are weird, man. Like Dustin will start playing something or Ed. And I'll be like, Keep going, keep going, dude. Play that over and over. Just keep looping that. Loop it, loop it, loop it, loop it. Dustin will join it. Then you know Matt will join it on bass. Then Joey's playing drums. And then piano starts messing around. And I'll start writing lyrics right there on the spot. Like, man, this would be great if I could put this together. One thing leads to another, within 15 minutes, we have half a song done. And then we will just loop and loop and loop and record the verse. And we'll get the verses down. Once we got the verses down, then we'll go on to the chorus, how we can transition into the chorus or a bridge. And overall, our songwriting process probably takes under an hour for a new song. Wow! And and, and it's been like that ever since day one. I mean, we've had one or two songs that were just really hard to structure. And it took us a couple of weeks on. But I'd say 95% of all of our music, 98% of all of our music was written and, and, and recorded on a phone or whatever it was within an hour. You know, and, uh, and we just call we and we always call that the magic, you know, that that's the magic, you know, and, and when we go record in the studio, the whole band goes, it doesn't matter if we're just recording the guitar that day or, you know, backing vocals or just everybody goes, you know, it's like, we we're all there for it. So, you know, once everybody, once it's all done and then we go into the editing part of it and, and, and sitting down with the sound engineer and, you know, you know, increase the pitch there, lower it here, you know, you know, turn down the guitar there or whatever, everybody will go home for that stuff. And Dustin and I will stay behind and we'll, we'll work on that kind of stuff when, when we don't have someone like Tim there. Um, but yeah, that's the process, dude. I mean, it's just, uh, it's fun. It, it's, it's exciting and uh, it's, it's, it just feels new every time we do it.
0: So you always that way with lyrics, do you ever write stuff down? Like if you just think of something when you're driving or is it always just when you're inspired by music in the moment?
1: No, dude, nowadays, man, it's like, I, I mean, you know, I've always been known as this, you know, brawny guy, you know, who does the cage fighting and, and this and that. And, you know, the black belts and jujitsu and all the, you know, and, and now I'm over here writing poetry and I'm like, oh, I wonder what I should write today. You know, and it's <laughs> like, and I, and I got all this, I mean, I got tons of poetry I've written, bro. And, and a lot of poetry turns into songs, you know? Yeah. And, and if I'm, and if I'm riding down the road, like when I go to, even if I'm driving to rehearsal or just, just driving on the freeway somewhere, I'm like, I'm like, you know, shit, you know, saw you standing there in the distance dah, 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 dah. And, I'll, and I'll just turn my phone recorder on and I'll start speaking into it. And it just records all these things I'll start saying. And then, you know, before I know it, I have a written song and then sometimes it works with something the guys are just jamming with and I'll do that. But for the most part, I'll write it as they're jamming. But yeah, man, I, I have so much stuff now. Like I'm, I'm always inspired by something. You know, it could be riding down a country road, seeing a Harley pass by, and there's a wooden fence, and you know, and I start to, I, I always visualize movies in my head. How would a song benefit the movie? Yeah, and and I really do do. This. A lot of the songs I've written have been based off of TV shows and movies. I, The Life, Sons of Anarchy was a cool show, man. And I was like, man, yeah, that would have been a great song for that TV show. You know. So I wrote, you know, when I wrote The Life, that's what I was thinking of. When I wrote Remember My Name, that freaking show called Supernatural that had been on for like 20,000 years. It was a cool show. You know, I got into it with my family and we would watch it and laugh because it was just, it was, it's just a fun show. And that's where I wrote, you know, Doing the Deal with the Devil, you know, and going to the crossroads and burying the quarter in the sand on the music video and call, you know, so it's like different TV shows inspire me. You know, Batman, I was watching a, uh, um, a documentary on Evel Knievel and I wrote Batman as I was watching the documentary, the Creek. I was watching a documentary on Leonard Skinner and I wow. wrote the Creek, you know? So it's like, so I like to tell stories, man. I like to tell stories and I, and, and I like to write things that are true from my heart um, that maybe will help somebody out down the road. And, and sometimes I just like to write a song about there she was, she's fine. She's shaking her ass. And I'm going to go take a shot of whiskey and we'll talk to her. You know? So <laughs> I, I just, I just like to, uh, I just like to to be consistent, I guess.
0: Music and combat sports and fighting go together hand in hand. Like, have you always used music like in your training or has um, it always been a part of it and that kind of thing, even outside of your music yeah. yourself? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was training, um, for the most part, like all the time, my music was more of a harder edged rock and roll, you know, from Disturbed and all that kind of stuff. And, right. um, <clears throat> you know, just to get the blood boiling and, and pumping and... And then if we're actually, if we were actually working on boxing for the day, a lot of times people put on R and B. So you dance, you dance to the rhythm while you're boxing. Okay. Um, You know, you work on your footwork, you work on your position, your standing. uh, And it really does make a difference. You know, like you you dance a little bit when you're boxing and, uh, and, and and more so the, the harder edge rock and roll would be for, you know, when you're actually doing your MMA physical conditioning and training and, you know, or you're actually just full on fighting. And then you know, people are just got the music in the background and stuff like that, you know, during training. So yeah, music played, music played a few parts, but you know, <clears throat> most of the, uh, stuff like Skinner and stuff like that would be driving to the fight or coming home from the fight. And depending if you win or lose, <laughs> what's song you listen to. But, um, but yeah, man, music goes hand in hand, you know, and, and we're a fighting family and my family, my kids fight and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, so I started writing a song, you know, like walkout songs. And my daughter actually walked out to one of her fights to one of our songs that she loves, called Whiskey Mountain. She loves that song. And she walked out to it and just beat the tar out of the girl she fought. And <laughs> and my son's, you know, he's undefeated and in his MMA career. And uh, he's also in law enforcement now, which, you know, is amazing to me. And um, and uh, so, yeah, man, it's, it's it's a pretty cool ride. And, uh, and music and fighting definitely go hand in hand.
0: Well, you guys have this show coming up with Molly Hatchet here in a couple of weeks, and what else can we look forward to in 2022 from Six Gun Sal?
1: Well, we definitely got that coming up July 16th in San Antonio at the Scottish Rite Event Center. Um, that's it's. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be kind of cool, you know, hearing that music played uh, the way it's supposed to be played, and and um, and not and not listening to it on a CD or. Are on, yeah. on you know digital music, and after that we're going to be heading up to uh, Vermont. We're making a quick pit stop in Mississippi, uh, handling a couple things with uh, some possible promotion stuff, and then we're heading up to Vermont. We'll be there on July twenty uh, third. That's going to be a rocking show. It's our second time going back to the same location. The first time, which was just a complete amazing blowout, it was just a bunch of crazy fans screaming and yelling, and it was the most fun I ever had. I mean, it was just it was awesome. I mean, you know. Um, Of course, then we're going to come back and uh, we're working on um, a couple projects uh, locally. And uh, then we're also meeting with uh, some possible uh, additional opportunities with promotions and things like that for right before fall into fall. Um, But we're really concentrating the bulk of our efforts for 2023 because uh, that's one of the reasons we're going to Mississippi is to go have a few meetings and, um, and to start locking down some, some really great possible opportunities uh, with us playing around the country more often and, and and maybe, maybe touring around with a, a few select bands. Um, so we're staying busy. And like I said, we just, we just finished two more songs with Timothy. Eaton, so we'll, we'll be releasing those as well over the summer and into the fall. i um, probably going to make a music video or two uh, for the rest of the summer. And, So yeah, we're we're definitely trying to stay busy and um, staying focused on uh, just keeping the fans entertained and and doing what we love to do.
0: Are those uh, singles you're going to release? Are they like going to be standalone singles? Are they looking? Are you going towards like something like an EP or an album?
1: Well, we 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 were we were discussing it. I mean, um, at this point, we've been talking with Tim a lot, and you know, Tim was like, you know, you can always add this to your existing album. He goes and, um, you know, as a late entry or whatever, he goes, you know, definitely release it as a single. And then it can, it can be added to the overall album. Um, an EP is definitely a great opportunity for us because, you know, we could always do an EP with, you know, four songs out there that they're kind of categorized in the same. What I'd like to do and what I'm hoping to achieve is uh, I'd like to do a live album from San Antonio or from Vermont and offer that as the next album, you know, our live show. So that way people can hear just the raw, real sound of who we are and and uh, the way we talk with the crowd, the way we interact with the crowds. And um, I think that would be a lot of fun. So deadline Hey man, hey. I think we got I think we got we we got cut off or something.
0: Yeah, like right there towards the end of what you're saying, it just froze on me and
1: Yeah, yeah I got you right up to where you're now.
0: talking about possibly doing an EP of four songs, but I yeah.
1: And, 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 oh man. So you missed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You know, maybe doing four songs that, uh, you know, are all in the same category, but you know, what I'd like to do is I'd like to really do maybe have an opportunity to take advantage of San Antonio and Vermont and do a live album. Okay. And um, I think that'd be cool for the fans, you know, cause it gives them the raw live music. It lets them hear, you know, us interacting with the fans. You get to hear the fans, you get to hear the reaction of the crowd, that kind of stuff. So um uh, that's definitely something i'm I'm looking at seriously uh, Dustin and I have been talking about it. I think a live album would be great and um, that's something we haven't done yet and you know why not take advantage of when you got the best sound systems and the best lighting and you know technicians and everybody out there and sound people plug it into the board and let's do it let's make let's make uh, let's have an album
0: so is the is the goal and like you said in twenty twenty three to try to you know, make it a little bit more of enough, you know, options to get out there in other parts of the country that you haven't hit yet.
1: Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is in this business anymore, you, you're not going to make money spinning music. I mean, you got to have 4 million spins to get a $3,000 check from somebody. And that's just, that's really difficult to do, man. It doesn't matter. You know, the problem is, man, is that you can be the best band in the country, but if you don't have the money behind you to put, you know, a hundred thousand, $200,000 into a promotion nobody's going to know you're there anyway, Right. So, you know, the way you can make music in this business right now is live. I mean, you know, live shows are where you make the money. I mean, and, and it's a scary mm-hmm. business because, you know, you can have a show where it's a complete sellout or you can have a show where six people show up and a place holds 5,000 people. And you're like, Oh, this is great. You know? <laughs> so, um, it's hit or miss, man. I mean, it all comes down to marketing and advertising and again, and budget. And because you know we don't have a, a big name record label behind us that can dump five hundred thousand dollars into a single promotion or campaign, when you're doing it yourself, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. And um, but we're trying again. We're trying to stay relevant, and, and we 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 continuously build our fan base. We're we're always getting new people every day. Um, it's a slow process, but we're doing it real. You know, we're we're not that band that goes out and buys fake followers to try and make people believe we're something we're not. You know, man. when you like our music, you're going to follow us. And um, so we try to keep it that way. So, you know, between all of our social media right now, we're probably about between 15 and 20,000 people who follow us, who like us. And, uh, and that's OK. Well, I mean, sure, I'd love to be at half a million, but half the bands I know in L.A. that have 250,000 or more have like 5,000 real fans and the rest they paid. for. <laughs> right. And you can always and this is the trick. This is the trick I try to tell all these bands. Look at the post. If you got 500,000 followers and you're averaging 20 likes per post, you don't have 500,000 followers right. and anybody can tell. So it's like, why not just be real with yourself and, you know, accept the fact that this is what it, it, it takes time to grow, man. It takes time for, to grow for people to like you, for people to know you're legit. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, th- that's my view on that subject for sure. Absolutely.
0: And well, I'm, I'm loving what you guys are doing and I appreciate you taking the time with me today.
1: Oh, hey, brother. I love talking to you guys all the time, man. You know, every time you want to talk again, man, you let me know. I, I get me. I get another band member. I get a drummer, a guitar, whoever you want to talk to, brother, I can make it happen. Okay. And, uh, you know, for people that are on the show, I mean, definitely check us out. You know, Six Gun Sal, S-I-X-G-U-N-S-A-L. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, we just recently started that TikTok thing. You know, that's kind of, you know, I, I always feel <laughs> stupid when I say that. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> we had to rebuild our youtube channel from scratch which sucked because we lost a ton of subscribers so now we're just trying to rebuild that and and, and uh and of course get the views and get all of our videos that we lost um but we're there guys and um you know uh, check out our music if you like it great if you hate it great you know at least listen to it and um and again brother thank you for having me on the show and uh, i definitely appreciate it yeah absolutely it was a pleasure it was my pleasure brother thank you all right.
0: There you go, Anthony Apello of Six Gun Sal, a huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast, and a huge thank you to Anthony for taking some time out there to give me a, I almost said call, but join me on Zoom, I guess, you know, we'd sit there and chatted for a good, what was it, 30 minutes or so, so that was a fun one, you know, we got to talk about everything that Six Gun Sal's had going on, you know, like I said, if you're new to them, check them out. They, they're they based out of California, but they're touring across the country. And like you mentioned there, next year should see a bit more of that as well. So I'm hoping they hit up somewhere in this area so I could check them out, get that Southern Rock fix. The thing I've I've seen to notice, you know, unless it's just kind of under radar because I haven't dug for it, but... You know, you don't see a lot of new newer southern rock bands coming out. You know, you see a lot of bands that have southern rock leanings that have made some waves like Blackberry Smoke or bands that just have that kind of thrown into their style but they're still kind of in another genre or area. But just to see a band come out and do this and like we spoke about, do it, you know, with a little bit of a hard rock edge That's what the world needs, I think. So, check out Six Gun Sal. You know, hit him up on all the socials. Give him a follow. All that great stuff. Alright, if this is your first time listening, 354 previous episodes that you can check out. I mean, we've hit genres across the board. You know, whether it be melodic rock, whether it be just extremely heavy music, even country and rap. When I say rap, Vanilla Ice was on here. When I say country, Shooter Jennings was on here. And Shooter Jennings is one of the greatest and most underrated country artists in the history of country, in my opinion. When it comes to rock and roll, we've had on four rock and roll Hall of Famers on this podcast Gene Simmons of Kiss, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, and the mighty Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple. And nowadays, the Dead Daisies, and hopefully hopefully, again one day, Black Country Communion. Man, Glenn Hughes, the voice of a freaking angel. That guy, one of the goats right there for sure. We've also had on guys from, you know, some modern hard rock bands like Buck Cherry, Skillet, Shine Down, Trapped. I'm drawing a blank, but you know, a lot of melodic rock stuff like guys from Warrant, Tesla. Firehouse, Lillian Axe, Kicks, L.A. Guns, Slaughter, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister has been on here. Page Hamilton of Helmet, guys from Typo Negative and Prong and Crowbar and Crozen Conformity. The list is great and long. Matthew Nelson of Nelson has been on here. There you go. I'm just throwing out curveballs at you now. So check it all out wherever you're listening to music or wherever you're listening to podcast. Where. Most everywhere we can hear podcasts, wherever you're listening right now, hit subscribe or like so you don't miss future episodes. You can listen directly from their website, thethunderunderground.com. All the socials are on there, so follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Anytime you see a post, if you hit like, retweet, share, whatever you can do, that's a great help. A comment helps as well. It helps spread the, you know, the post around. That's the way those algorithms work on social media. You know, the more people like or comment, the more other people see it. So that would be a great help. I would greatly appreciate it. Like I mentioned earlier, coming up next week, Sam Spade Morris of the Midnight Devils will be here, along with Doug Burgess of DB Concerts, talking about Rocklahoma, which is next week. So if you're at Rocklahoma, hit me up. I'm on Row A in the VIP campgrounds. But I'll be working. I'll be driving around, so I'll be seeing a lot of people out there. So, we've also got one coming up with Jeff Buner of The Loyal Order. That was a great one. And, just recently recorded one with Kenneth Bryan of the Kenneth Bryan Band. You know, speaking of southern rock, this guy is kind of like what I was talking about earlier with like Blackberry Smoke. You know, he's got some southern rock tendencies, but this guy's more of like a roots rock. You know, somewhere between Roots Rock, Americana, you know, country kind of vibe. But he's just one of those excellent songwriters, excellent musicians. So check out his music and look forward to that episode here coming in the the coming weeks. Alright. Once again, a huge thank you to Best Bet Promotions, Anthony Apello, Med Farm, D B Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo. And until next time.
1: Thunder Underground, y'all.